I think it's really important that we really emphasize the role that a farm vet has to play in efficient and sustainable food production. Royal College oath is to maintain animal welfare and protect animal welfare. And that's always absolutely at the core of it. But with a farm vet, there is just so much more to it than that in terms of production efficiency and sustainability and societal role is massive. So I'm quite excited about that because it just presents us with a massive opportunity. Welcome to this episode of the Vet Times podcast, looking forward to BCVA Congress, which takes place from the 20th to the 22nd of October in Birmingham. As always, Congress will see the handover of the BCVA's presidency. This year, Colin Mason will be taking over from Elizabeth Berry, and both joined us to discuss objectives, new initiatives, and this year's event. How are you both? Good, yes. Really well, thank you. Good. Great to hear. Congress is coming once again. It doesn't seem 12 months ago that we were doing this similar kind of conversation, Liz. Mm. So what can we expect at this year's Congress? The first key thing is a new venue. Yes, we've never been there. So I don't know what to expect from the venue, but they sound to be very accommodating. It's great sort of in terms of transport networks, I think. So yeah, we'll try it out. Centre of Birmingham, isn't it? The Hilton Metropole, for those who don't know listening to this. What are going to be the advantages of having it in a place like Birmingham? You mentioned the transport links, but I think I'm right in saying that being a hotel, you've got the rooms, the function room, everything is essentially under one roof, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I think that we've pretty much taken over the whole hotel. So um, I think we've got almost exclusive use. So that's great. Oh, fantastic. What are going to be the key features of Congress this year? I know one key element to it will be what kicks off Congress on Thursday, which will be a look at the animal health pathway, which I think I'm right in saying for now is an England only thing, but is going to be quite a significant change. That is going to be our opening speaker. Absolutely. Christine Middlemas is going to be taking that up forward, but Colin can probably update on some of the more practical aspects. Yeah. And I think Congress fortuitously comes at a good time for this because we're expecting an autumn launch for the pathway in England. Uh, I don't think we have a precise date yet, but it's it's to be before the end of the year. And therefore, Congress sits quite nicely ahead of the launch to uh, give practitioners as much of an up-to-date instruction in what's going on as we can. So um, obviously, the pathway is a new initiative, a new way forward, uh, launched by government to support uh, and help support farming in England. Um, there's a big job for vets to do as part of this, uh, and it's a big opportunity for vets to take up uh, in terms of helping farmers uh, with with health planning. Um, there's different streams for dairy, for beef, which obviously is our core uh aim as far as the Congress is concerned, but also uh, a lot of farm animal practitioners will be, be working with sheep. So there's a, a sheep stream to it. And indeed, we have a, a sheep stream at Congress as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, there's a pig element to it as well. So um, we have no pig stream. No, you have no pig stream, right enough. But we do have a camelid. <laughs> but uh, there is a pig element to the pathway, which is what I was, was trying Sorry. to say. So it, it's a great opportunity for uh, for farm vets to interact with clients that sign up for the pathway uh, to get involved with health planning. And I think there's two bits to this as well. Some of it might be involving farmers that have not 
been doing that much in the way of sort of proactive and interactive health planning. So there's an opportunity to reach farmers that perhaps we hitherto have not reached, but also there's an opportunity to work with with farmers where there's a really good uh, vet farmer working relationship and 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 use the pathway opportunity as a sort of a, a top up to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the hope is a congress is is that we can get the most up to date information from from DEFRA as the whole thing evolves and also give an opportunity for practitioners really to sort of chew it over to discuss it to discuss Mm. it with colleagues to discuss it with BCVA to discuss it with DEFRA and and really try and get under the skin of what's going to go on and and how it's going to make a difference to their working lives going forward. Yeah, it's really important. It's, it's, as I say, it's our opening one. And then we've got speaker uh, question time after that. So very, very important to start with that. For me, another one is um, the cattle hoof care um, standard certification. So we obviously had the Lantra qualification for training vets to help train their farmers and work with foot trimmers. We've got some sessions on that at Congress. So we have the launch at the end of September, quickly followed by those who can't make that. They can actually have more information at Congress itself. It's quite convenient that it follows so immediately afterwards. Mm. Could have planned it, but didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So this is about vets working with foot trimmers to train their farmers. So several of the supermarket contracts have got that farmers should be trained in terms of foot trimming. It's about that preventative measure. It's about picking up lameness quicker. But it's also about giving confidence for the vets to train their farmers, um, work with foot trimmers, facilities like obtaining a crush. Not every practice has a, a crush that they can use to demonstrate that type of thing and where to go forward so it's quite unique and it's uh, something new that we certainly I, I hoped would be launched quicker but it's taken this long but it's probably all the better for the planning it's preparation isn't it yeah it's another really brilliant opportunity for vets um yes. in that the idea is is you know overall for the industry so it's a great opportunity for vets it's a great opportunity for farmers it's a great opportunity for cows as well because the aim is 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 that more and more training will be available to the people that are, are working with cow's feet. Um, mm. And rolling this out gradually will be a fantastic opportunity. And over time, it should make a real difference on farm to the sort of levels and standards of foot care that are, are, are taking place on farm. So it, it's a super opportunity. It's a great opportunity for, again, for farm vets, cattle vets to to work as part of that team with foot trimmers and their clients to, to make a difference. So it's another one for for the profession to hopefully grasp and yeah, yeah. win-wins all round I hope because some of the bigger practices employ foot trimmers but some of the smaller ones don't but it's not that they're not interested it's just the the, no, the practicalities and yeah. things like that and when we were Sarah who Sarah Pedersen who's been leading on this when we were going through there's things like the practicalities of who's got a crash where we can do the training can we use that crash which foot trimmers will be working with which practices yeah it fits really well with the whole animal health pathway and everything doesn't it certainly does yeah certainly does fantastic and I'm sure a lot of large animal vets will jump on board and we obviously will look forward just like everyone else to learning more as to how it will work and the changes it will make Another initiative that will be revisited is Farm Vet Champions that obviously launched last year. Fiona Lovett has been a big part of that launch. Now, it's taking part in the sheep stream, probably mostly because she's a sheep vet. But that has grown very nicely over the past 12 months. And I'm sure there's an element of excitement about sharing the news as to how well. Yes, I'm looking forward to the numbers because I haven't heard them myself. It was one of my targets that I was feeding back to Rumour in terms of the target task force. So 
brilliant initiative and it's great for all um, levels of practitioners in terms of whether you're new into practice or you've been going for some time. And we're going to have a separate podcast with Fiona actually ahead of Congress to talk more about how she's going to update and some of the key points from so far throughout the year. And and it's it's cool. It's good in terms of because our our vets will vary in terms of dedicated practical practice to those with mixed practice. So when you do cattle, when you do that, you can actually be a farm vet champion for more than one species. And it really works well, doesn't it? It's almost like a stepping stone, isn't it, for how it could be replicated almost across not only large animals, but other areas of the profession. Yeah, yeah. And, and it started off in Wales and then it cascaded out. And it works brilliantly, as you say, for everything. When you see the reporting that um, more antibiotics were prescribed when a vet didn't see a small animal client, then that's a clear indication we need to look at something like a small animal practice vet champion. Very much so. And that's great to hear that it's already having that effect further down the line. Yeah. Now, Congress obviously is the end of your presidency, Liz. Mm. A busy 12 months, I imagine. I remember when we spoke last year, you had a number of initiatives and campaigns that you were going to be overseeing. Farmer Champions obviously was one of them. More work on the eradication of BVD. Oh, it's that I'm going. I know, I know it is. Colin's got it sassed in Scotland, but it's only just starting in England because we're waiting for everybody else to put the groundwork in. Yeah, no, BVD definitely. Of course. But how has your year gone and how have the other initiatives progressed? I think most of them have started. Some have taken longer than I expected. Um, We've had loads of different consultations and things come up that you hadn't got planned in, which is always the way. Um, So literally today I was looking at the Welsh BBD, so the launch in Wales of their BBD um, initiative. So clearly we need something more permanent for England, but I'm sure that will happen. (laughs) It's frustrating. Colin's just so ahead of this in Scotland. It's just, yeah, and Ireland, it's like, yes, England have to come now, don't they? (laughs) So, yeah, that one... um, We've done another one that we've been working on behind the scenes is probably about the vet tax. Okay, yeah. So that one looks to be coming through. We've got more promising, um, well, we've got more hope in terms of how it how it might go through, haven't we? Um, so Sarah yeah. Hampson's been working hard on that and it looks like we, we'll have a derogation and we can move forward that way. We've commented um, in terms of, we've done loads of commentations, commenters on uh, different things that have come up to us. So things like, um, shortage in the workforce, EMS consultation. We're actually under the RCVS under our care review, which I've read several times and I think it's uh, becoming clearer, but it's quite complex. It's something that I was always told was under our care. I'm now told the legal opinion is not that. Did you find that conflicting, Colin? Yeah, it's quite a hard read as well, but it's uh, there is quite a conflict in it, yeah. Yeah, because as I know, we both probably... I probably qualified before you, but we qualified and we were always told this was under our care. And then suddenly I'm told, no, no, that's not quite how it's defined. So I've had several reads to try and get my head around it. But that's a key one for us um, and a key one for cattle practice, which is very different from small animal practice or equine. Um, and another one that we had a great response from members about was um, the DEFRA consultation on SQPs. Yeah, yeah really, really good. And good. um brilliant consultation from our people about what what could be done differently how it could move on so I think our members have been challenged a lot to communicate and come come back on responses but they've always always 
it's been really rewarding how well we've done on that. Fantastic. Colin, for the purposes of the podcast, do you want to just tell everyone how far ahead Scotland is with BVD? <laughs> I mean, Scotland, I mean, the, the thing with Scotland is, is, is it's been in legislation now for, <laughs> I was say 10 years. It'd be not far short of 10 years that the, there has been a national programme for BVD control that has been, uh, had legislation supporting it. So uh, there is still small pockets of BVD in Scotland. This is not completely eradicated, but we are well down the line of uh, going through an eradication process. All herds by law have to be engaged in it. Um, and you know the number of virus positives now, well, it changes on a day-by-day basis, obviously, but uh, is, is, is down in, in sort of measured in tens rather than hundreds and is is significantly reduced so it's been great progress and i think you know for scotland now the the discussions are more around making the final push to to get it finished and the end game really rather than um you know getting right the way through the process so it's it, it's great and it, i mean so often now bvd is not not a feature of your life in scotland which is which is great although you don't really want to be complacent about it either because uh, it still is there and it is still cropping up and every so often somebody does a check test and the results are like well where did that happen it's yeah absolutely and it's a great it's a great lesson in biosecurity really because we we still see herds that have been rolling along they've been Mm -hmm. free of bvd for for a good number of years and then suddenly they've got it and uh it hasn't gone away and uh we still you know a lot of cattle are traded and it, it is still quite a live issue so yep uh we're, we're some way down the tracks but we're we're not quite there yet plenty of work still to go for sure yeah it's good progress though good progress which is great and, and it's great because at least it demonstrates it can be done and every consultation i think we've done we've said we want to do the scottish recording system we don't want to yeah. create another database or another that's what we want to do if scotland is so far down the line surely it would make sense that I think if you can write that in big letters, it would make sense to use the Scottish EID. <laughs> it's, certainly, it's certainly a system that, that works well. but yes. uh, And the labs whether, are used to well, using it as well. All the labs are used to using yeah. it, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that'll be more in the realms of politics than, than what cattle vets can do. So we'll have to see what happens with it, I guess. Watch this space very much so. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> now, Congress, obviously, as we touched on, Liz, is the end of your presidential year, but Colin, it's the start of yours. Yeah. A busy year, no doubt, ahead. But what in particular are you going to be aiming to achieve? I think for us, there's a lot that's already in play that we need to build on and hopefully progress with. So I think that this year has been, a, you know, for, for the food industry in general, first and foremost, in terms of context, I mean, it's no one would have predicted where we would be now in August uh, mm. at the start of the year in terms of where the food industry is, both in terms of food security, the price of food mm. um, and, you know, how we produce it efficiently, sustainably. Uh, so in general terms, you know, farm animal vets and cattle vets have got a massive role to play in that uh, in in terms of you know, efficient food production, uh, high welfare food production and sustainable food production uh, in terms of, you know, our environmental commitments and, 
you know, how how we do this in a an efficient and sustainable way. And we we know we can't lose sight of uh, of all of the sort of COP twenty six stuff that was right in the forefront of all of our thinking last autumn. And you know, the world's a different place now, obviously. So we can't lose sight of all these sorts of things. So you put the cattle vet and the farm animal vet in the middle of all of that. We've got a massive role to play, uh, and it just shows you know food is so blimmin' important. And uh, I think that underlies a lot. And, uh, you know, you, you can only predict some turbulent times ahead as far as the world is concerned with that in the next year or two. And and, and we've got a role to play there with farmers. So I, I guess that's that's really interesting times. But, but a lot of what farm vets do is part of that. And I, I think it's really important that we really emphasize the role that a farm vet has to play as well um, in efficient and sustainable food production. Mm. I, I just think that's it's really important. You know, our, our, our sort of uh, Royal College oath is to maintain animal welfare and, and, and protect animal welfare. And that's always absolutely at the, the core of it. Um, uh, but with a farm vet, there is just so much more to it than that in terms of production efficiency and sustainability and, and societal role, it's, it's massive. So I, I'm, I'm quite excited about that because it just presents us with a, a massive you know, opportunity because our role is really important. I suppose the other things are you know, some of these initiatives. So for, for England, Animal Health Pathway will be launched during my presidential term. And it's how we try and extract as much benefit from that. I, I, I think it'll be a fairly steady starts you know hopefully you know just a sort of steady start rather than opening massive floodgates and we kind of feel our way into that so i feel um as bcva we've got an important role to sort of help practitioners in england steer their way through that and and get started with it uh, like any of these schemes there will be questions and there will be teething problems and there will be you know bumps on the road and, and that's where maybe where a steady start is is quite a good thing but but we've got a role along with the other sort of species divisions of bva to to help vets do their best and there's a spotlight on the vets i think to to deliver fundamentally you know at a government level they're saying well you know vets can do this vets should do this and and, and there is going to be a bit of a spotlight on us to deliver uh, so that's going to be important and i suppose that's also set against a background of um still quite significant labor challenges in practice uh we're asking a lot of of, of practitioners uh in terms of uh, what they need to do as part of their daily work and this again this potentially adds to it as well as creates an opportunity there's opportunities and the challenges so so we you know there'll be quite a lot of discussion around that so i think the other thing obviously is and there'll be certainly i think consultations this year around um the scottish sort of equivalent of, of how they go forward with um, support for farmers, um, you know, post-Brexit type support. So uh, England has kind of stolen a march. Wales has come up with its own set of proposals and, and Scotland will do likewise. And there'll probably be quite a lot more discussion around that in the next 12 months. So I see BC Vale have a, have a role in that one. Um, and then there are other the, the sort of initiatives um, in terms of aims, it would be lovely to say, wouldn't it? And and I could I could put this down as a challenge to us all. But uh, coming back to BVD, there's been a lot of work done in the last year on uh, you know BVD is the priority disease for the cattle bit of the pathway. There is a 
a BVD working group that BCVA have been very well represented on um, that's basically working up the English BVD program. Um, and it would love, it would just be brilliant, wouldn't it, to be able to say, right, this is the year that that actually takes a good step forward and gets going. And, and I can see BCVA having a big role in that. We've got a lot of experience as cattle vets across the country in how to do this. Uh, and that's been called upon in a big way by by this BBD working group. So let's hope that, well, I'd love to say we could get it across the line and let's get started. Maybe that's a bit of an optimistic one, but I would love to see that we've got you know some timelines and significant progress on that rather than having the ideas is to say that we're going to do this and we're going to do this within a certain time frame. So you can you can hold me to that and criticise me in a year's time when it's not been done. There's a there's a thing. I hope with the Welsh then that the English will follow. They, they, well, they will at some point, and if it's not me, it'll be whoever follows or whoever follows me. But but it's it's not that long, happen. please. And, uh, and 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 you know, let's let's see what we can do in the next twelve months. Anyway, mm. I, I, I see. You know, I, I was making the most of our opportunities is a really big one at the moment. So I, I see the foot care uh, training lantern opportunities as a as a massive opportunity for the profession in the next twelve months, and and we've got to build on that. So it would be brilliant if we can get some real progress on that. And, and I can see BCABA having a, a big role with training training vets to be part of that program uh, and and to give, you know, give vets the knowledge that they need to be part of that program. It's a great opportunity for young and enthusiastic cattle vets starting off to, to get right into a really important area of, of disease control for cattle and, and make a big difference. So it's a wonderful opportunity. So I, I hope that we can really contribute to that. And it, obviously it's not just us, it's, it's, it's other parties involved, but we've definitely got our part to play. Um, I think there's likely to be changes along the line with uh, infectious disease control as well. We're thinking about checks and uh, how that might evolve in the next 12 months. There's, there's a lot of discussions about how to take that forward uh, and try and build on some of the successes that it's had over the years, try and, you know, evolve that further. So I can see that as another great opportunity for us as well. So I think we've got a lot of opportunities. There'll be other things that no idea what they'll be yet. It just depends what, what, what things come along. Uh, but in those key areas, then I, I really hope that we can do something and, and make some progress. Um, we'll make progress no matter what we already have. We make progress every year. It's just, uh, how much more we can, how much we can do to build on what we've already done. Because BVD is in the animal health pathway, but it's just a, it's not a, a, a full BVD scheme, is it? It's just a, almost a, like a look-see. Yeah, exactly that. And it's not mandatory. So obviously yeah. the next stage at some point is to go from voluntary to go for mandatory for England, which will need legislation. So it will need DEFRA, it will need government and parliamentary time, all these sorts of things. And those will be some of the, some of the challenges ahead uh, it is very easy to, to sit here and chat away about let's just do this, but uh, it will happen. It has to happen and it can happen. That's the way you've got to look at it. Mm. You've certainly got a very busy year ahead of you. I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. You will. There are lots of opportunities there and we certainly wish you and BCVA and the board in general all the best in progressing it. Liz, you've got experience this kind of thing over the past 12 months. What's Colin letting himself in for? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's speechless. No, it's brilliant. It is. Um, it's great to have that opportunity. And Colin's got some great, great ambitions. And BVD is top of my list. So if he takes that one forward, then hats off. To, you know, brilliant, fantastic. Um, and the the 
BCVA Council are fantastic and all our members are. Um, we've got a great office team. Um, in terms of our size, I think we we contribute massively. We're, we're probably bat above our size, as they say. Yeah, he'll do it. BVD, England might be next October, Colin. <laughs> Oh, who knows? Who knows? Nothing like a challenge. I, I would also emphasize that point is, is, is that, you know, you talk about Liz's presidential year or my presidential year, but in a way, you're just a sort of a, a figurehead for what is a brilliant team of people. The, the, the board are a, a very energetic, uh, enthusiastic and committed bunch of people with a real sort of can-do attitude. Mm. And, and it's brilliant. And, and from that perspective, it's, it's nice to be part of it and get an opportunity to, to lead it for a year. But you, you, you're they a do their cog own in thing. a wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a yeah. cog in a wheel. It evolves, <laughs> and, and actually, there's an awful lot of things that evolve through the energy of individuals that mm. are just brilliant. And and sometimes you don't quite see them coming, but when they do, it's it's you know, it's a real breath of fresh air and a real step forward for for what BCVA does and what the industry does as well. Mm. So you know, it, it, we're just very much part of a team and I think we need to emphasize that sort of team approach and then as, as Liz says that spins out to to the wider veterinary population as a whole. Teamwork makes the dream work is the first phrase that sprung to mind when you were <laughs> describing that then but it's true isn't it to be honest. Yeah. You don't have that teamwork you don't have your starting block in the first place. That's excellent we look forward to the next 12 months just revisiting congress the workshops return. Yes. I must confess, I've only ever been to BCVA Congress once. When I was there, I didn't get to kind of experience what the workshops are like, but I've always been told they're very popular. They are, and they're, they're a theme for a, a, an afternoon or a morning or a, sometimes a shorter one, but generally that long. You've got a smaller group. You've got a lot more interaction. Um, you can ask those questions that you wouldn't dare ask in a big conference facility. Um, but they're also targeted along um, a specific part. So it might be, we've, I'm trying to think, with the, we've definitely got some lameness workshops. We've got some about uh, choosing which category of um, antibiotic in terms of how would you go about it? What would you do for this? So they're quite very practical, um, but we've also got some well-being ones. So that sort of mental health matters is is part of our theme as well. So we've got a big range of those. Yeah, It's an increasing topic, and yeah. rightly so, especially after everything we've all been through over the last two yeah. or three years. But yeah. It's a horrible way to think about it, but it's going to continue to be an issue, isn't it? While mm -hmm. tackling the recruitment and retention issues as well, mm -hmm. and still picking up through the after effects, essentially, of COVID yeah. and various challenges that come from that, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I mean even on the things like the extramural studies, um, students coming to see practice, okay, that, that those two years changed our approach on that and how we tackled it, didn't we, Colin? And what people would or couldn't do. It's been, it's been difficult. Really has. Without a doubt, it's it's actually weird looking back, isn't it? At, at how surreal, how surreal it was two mm. years ago into, mm. to where we are now. So, mm. uh, yeah, the ripple effects of all of that are we're still feeling them, and uh, yeah, it, it's great to think about all these opportunities for vets and vets in the profession. But the you know when you think about some of the staffing issues, some of the sort of work-life balance issues, some of the the pressures on the workplace, uh, we've got to be pretty careful very careful about how you balance uh work and what's achievable and uh you know getting getting a balance in in an individual's life and, and when you mentioned ripple so thursday night we have our what was send a cow so the ripple effect um and clearly we're quite privileged in the uk aren't we when you look at um overseas and this is primarily africa where we'll be 
Sendakao um, was based, but it is other countries. Um, COVID and their food security is a different level of completely to ours. So, yeah, it's really important to, to put it all in perspective. Very much so. BCVA has had a long relationship now with what was Sendakao, mm. now Ripple Effect. Do you find it sometimes puts the challenges into context a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and our, um, our vicar in church, he has a, a big involvement. He goes out to Tanzania. So sometimes, you know, you think you've got a bad day and you listen to that and you're like, no, things could be far worse. I know I'm going to get a meal. I know I can put some fuel in my car. I know I've got, yeah, no, yeah. And as a woman, yeah. I've got a pretty, pretty good life here. It's very different in Tanzania. So it is quite grounding, that ripple effect, when you start thinking about it. So I know Nikki did her volunteering and I'm sort of thinking, gosh, I should really put myself forward for it. There's still time. I'm trying to think what my skill set is, but I'll think of something. Oh, don't be like that. But now you don't have the presidency. That might free up some time to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. Ripple Effect obviously will be a benefactor of Congress again through one of the social events. I think I'm right in saying social events. Great chance to let your hair down. What are we expecting this year? Thursday night is the the ripple effect, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's called a Peaky Blinders evening. So, oh, of course it is because it's <laughs> it seemed logical. So uh, it's uh, I think we've got casino games, but then I had a a slight breakdown as to whether we could have casino games and whether this encouraged gambling and addiction because you have to be all much more aware. I think I'd done whatever course at work and was like, oh my goodness, I don't know that I, and Dee put me in my place and said, you'll be absolutely fine. If they want to spend more money, all Joe's goes to ripple effect and they don't win anymore. So I said, oh, that's okay then. That's it. <laughs> Makes it acceptable. I think it does, doesn't it? <laughs> you mentioned about proceeds from Congresses going to ripple effect. What was Senator Coward? It just always takes me back to... I've never been more paranoid about my phone not being on silent. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is a bit of a policy at BCVA Congress, yeah. isn't it? That yes. If your phone goes off in a lecture, you are £10 out of pocket. Mm. But all for a good cause, isn't it? I think one went off last Congress as well. Yeah, it's, it's a rarity, I think, but, but it, it does happen. Yeah. And then we've got uh, uh, some, well, not... All evening on the Friday, which is the more formal dinner, the dress-up dinner, um, we're going to have a bit of a Kaylee. Okay. As a, as a Liverpool graduate, um, we are, it was my introduction to Kaylee, so I felt I should have a bit of, yeah. Not all evening, you're okay. If you've got your moves, you can be on the dance floor later. But... <laughs> They're great opportunities, aren't they, to let your hair down? And a key thing I always remember from when I went to BCVA is you've got them kind of friend groups, social groups that use the Congress and and particularly the social events as an opportunity to catch up, especially after last year. Yeah, it's really friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Congress last year was the social stuff was such a buzz because it was it was actually that little window in time when these events occurred and then we went back into another sort of. Oh, I know. (laughs) This year, you know, I I just think, you know, the, the social elements of it are still massively important in terms of, of just catching up and chat. And uh, we've still got a lot more of that to do and fantastic opportunity, I think. Very much so. I'm looking forward to it being a great event. <laughs> You'll have to pick your workshop. Because <laughs> there are plenty to choose from, aren't there? It's a very busy programme. It's been a very busy year. It's going to be another very, very busy year for you, Colin. And it's been fantastic to find out more. 
thank you so much for spending the time to give us a little bit of an insight into everything that's been going on and we'll see you at congress yeah look forward to it